everyone, this is Emily from The Female Abroad, and you are listening to the Incurable Wonderlusts podcast, which offers tips, tricks, and trips to help make you a more confident and knowledgeable traveler. Here we provide and discuss firsthand knowledge from our trips to make sure your trip planning is easier. Be sure to follow so you can find this podcast when you really need it and visit thefemaleabroad.com for podcast transcripts, our social media links, and more information that can help you with all your travel planning. Hi, this week I am talking about carry-on luggage. I was just going to focus on packing, but if you've been watching the news the last few weeks, you may have noticed that trying to travel with checked baggage just is not a smart way to travel these days. If you've not been listening to or reading the news, then I'll catch you up to speed. Understaffing and people starting to get back to the travel numbers we were at pre-pandemic has made the perfect storm of delayed or lost luggage, and when you do arrive at baggage claim, then instead of just bags coming down the carousel, you will find lines of bags upon bags that you get to sort through. As Canada is removing the Travel Can app requirement in about a week, I thought it would be good to touch on carry-on as the checked luggage situation is about to get a lot worse. First off, I'll start with some easy terminology for those that are not in the industry or may not have traveled before. Carrier. This is an airline that you will be traveling on. Carry-on. These are items that you will bring with you onto the plane. Generally, it is one bag that fits in the overhead bin and a personal item like a purse or briefcase. Some will allow you to bring a set of golf clubs, a pillow, medical equipment like a CPAP machine or a diaper bag as well. Basically, it's an item that fits into the overhead bin and then another one that fits underneath the seat in front of you. You will need to check with your carrier to see what they allow, but we'll get into this a little bit further on. Checked. This is luggage that you leave with the attendant when you first collect your ticket before going through security. If you're taking more than one flight and a connection is taking you to a different country, then you will want to ask the agent if your luggage is checked all the way through to your final destination or if you'll need to claim it and go through security before catching the connecting flight. If the agent can, have them check it all the way through to your final destination. Luggage, baggage, and suitcase. I'll probably end up flipping and flopping these terms, and while they are almost the exact same, there is some specifics, like all suitcases are luggage, but not all luggage is suitcase. Suitcases are typically rectangular, may or may not have wheels, and have a zipper to close them. Luggage comes from back when people used to travel with trunks, and you had to lug it around. You will mostly hear this in British English and Commonwealth nations like Canada. Luggage can be anything that travels with a person. Baggage comes from the French word bagage, which means that which one transports with one. Basically, the exact same thing as luggage. Stow. This means to put an item away neatly. Now that you have these terms down, let's carry on. One thing to note is just because you're flying on the plane, it does not mean your ticket will allow you to bring items to stow in the overhead bins. About five years ago, the idea of basic economy was introduced and it's slowly taking off. What basic economy meant was that the flight is cheaper than the standard economy, but you will be typically marked as hand baggage only. This means you're only allowed one personal item that is stowed under the seat in front of you. As not all airlines make the difference between economy and basic economy clear, 
make sure to check inclusions before you book your flight. As people started to get more and more creative with their packing methods or would prefer to save money on their flight by mailing their items to their destination, the amount of people booking basic economy has exploded. This has also helped airlines free up space in the overhead bins too, because after all, on this economy fare, you are not allowed to stow anything in them. Now, if you're hoping in this podcast, I will tell you how to pack a two-week trip into an iPad-sized purse, then this is not the podcast for you. I will certainly go over how to pack a carry-on bag, but I find that when you get down to packing in a bag that size, you're really hampering your vacation, as you're probably traveling with just the clothes on your back, so you're constantly washing your items and waiting for them to drop. Not my type of travel, not something I specialize in. Now that we know what a carry-on is, what size or weight can you expect to be able to bring on board? While every airline has their own requirements due to the type and size of their aircraft, there is a general rule of thumb when it comes to sizes. Typically, you can expect dimensions of 22 inches or 56 centimeters high, including the wheels and if there's an extended handle that does not slide into the suitcase, 14 inches or 36 centimeters wide, and 9 inches or 23 centimeters deep. However, some airlines may deviate one to two inches, so make sure to check all of the airlines that you will be flying on and make sure the carry-on bag you use will fit. Go with the strictest airline if you are not sure. Weight is another issue altogether as there's no quote-unquote standard weight across the industry. For example, Lufthansa will allow a bag of 17 pounds or 8 kilograms, whereas Air Mexico is 22 pounds, about 10 kilograms, and Air Canada only states that the bag must be light enough to put into the overhead bins unassisted. Super confusing, right? Again, you have to check with your carrier or carriers that you are flying on and then just go with the most strict. If the ticket or itinerary that you have been emailed does not provide specifics as to the dimensions or weights that are required, then a quick Google search of the carrier's name, comma, carry-on requirements, or comma, carry-on dimensions will bring up their requirements. Make sure to go to the carrier's website and not someone else's as you never know if the non-carrier's website is recently updated, and in the end, it is you that will have to pay to get the baggage checked not them. Now, I recently got the question of, do carry-on size requirements really matter? In the easiest answer I can give, following the requirements is like buying insurance. Sure, you may never need it, but it is glad to have it when you do. What I mean by this is I have traveled a ton of times with a carry-on suitcase, a giant shopping bag, my neck pillow, plus a purse, and no one's even batted an eye. I find in North America they're pretty relaxed, however, in Europe, and if you're flying on a smaller, maybe prop plane or a charter, then they tend to be more strict. When I was in Amsterdam, I had weighed all of my luggage, it was all under what KLM required as per my manual travel scale, but when I got to the airport, I had to put my bags into a tube that reweighed them and it said my bags were 5 pounds over the limit, which would have cost me 60 euro. Luckily, they did not care about the weight of my carry-on, so I just tried to shove as much as I could into the carry-on as possible. 
Another time, my husband has a carry-on bag that fits under most of the seats in front of him, and it's been to more countries than he can even remember. But one time when we were flying within Canada to Calgary, the agent that we were checking in with made us take the bag over to this little metal square and make sure that it actually fit into it comfortably. Then there was another time when we were flying home from Prague and we were surprised that a similar metal box was welded onto the start of a conveyor belt that fed into the x-ray machine. If the carry-on did not fit through this box without it being touched, then you had to check it. I've even been stopped at the gate, had my bag measured to see if it was too large when the plane was almost out of space and they needed to get more bags checked. So as you can see, sometimes the size will matter and sometimes it won't. I would say 80% of the time it won't, but better safe than sorry. And as airlines feel the crunch, especially with the new laws that came into play for compensation, if you're flying on a plane where the trip starts in Canada, you will find more trying to find ways to penny pinch. So I would not be surprised if airlines really start to stick to the sizes and weights for carry-ons so they can make even more money. Now you know what size and weight to expect. Let's start with what you can and cannot put in your carry-on. When it comes to your carry-on, make sure to put things in it that you will need in case the checked baggage gets lost or things that are of value. So medication, jewelry, charging cables, electronics, any medical devices you might have, at least one set of socks and underwear, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, comb, anything you require for work if it's a business trip, and anything else you cannot live without. When it comes to liquids, aerosols, creams, and gels, think lip gloss, hairspray, shampoo, hair gel, face cream, etc. All of these have to be in 3.4 ounce, 100 milliliter containers to a maximum of one liter per person if you are checking them in your carry-on. Airport security usually has Ziploc bags, but save yourself some hassle and head to the dollar store and grab some one liter Ziploc bags. Not only will this help you make sure you're staying within the limits, having them already set up and easy to pull out makes security such a breeze. Now I mentioned that this is per person. So if there are two of you traveling, then you can take two one liter bags. If there are four of you, then you can take four one liter bags. If you notice, I'm not saying you can take two liters or four liters, but two one liters or four one liters. The reason for this is because you will need to separate the items into one liter bags and each person will take one bag in their carry-on. A great way to remember this rule is calling it the 311. 3.4 ounces in a one liter bag, one liter per person. If you do not follow this exact rule, then it can cause your time through TSA to slow a little bit. For example, if you use one four liter bag for the entire family, then security will either have you separate it out into four separate one liter bags or just force you to throw it out altogether. Once I had done some quick packing and while we had two one liter bags, I put both into my husband's carry-on and he got pulled off to the side by TSA because they thought he was traveling alone. Once I realized that what was happening, I walked up, they realized I was with him and the agent just told us to make sure that it's one one liter bag per person and that we carry them in separate carry-ons. Since that day, we've stuck to the rule and not had any issue since. Knock on wood. <laughs> Ziploc bags are also handy because sometimes you will need to pull all of the electronics out of your bag along with the liquids, depending on where you're traveling. So having electronics in one bag and liquids in another makes things so simple and quick. 
Before I forget, I cannot stress this enough. Do not put your passport in your carry-on luggage. You must keep this with you or in a personal item because I've seen way too many times where someone puts it into their carry-on suitcase and the suitcase has to be checked for whatever reason. It's too big, the flight's too full, etc. They forget that they put their passport into the suitcase and then they have to go through customs, but they don't have their passport because it's in the luggage that's either waiting for them at the destination or it's sitting in baggage claim and they have to go through customs first before they can pick up the bag. It's a headache for everyone. It's caused a lot of misflights as well as embassy visits. So make sure to keep important documents like visas, both the credit card and the country entering type, passports, ID cards, birth certificates, insurance information, any important emails, copies of tickets, your cell phone, anything else that would be extremely important and difficult to replace if you lose it, keep it on your person. Whether that be in a pocket or a purse or a day bag that never leaves your sight and fits under the chair in front of you. Also, do not put important items into the seat pocket in front of you. Things like plane tickets, custom cards, passports, I have seen so many of these forgotten or thrown out. This causes missed flights, long phone calls to the airlines lost and found, and possibly even embassy visits. With that important bulletin out of the way, let's get into what you shouldn't ever pack in your carry-on. These do change sometimes. I mean, my first flight was less than a week after September 11th, 2001, and we had to remove batteries from every electronic device before we flew and put them into a blue bag that we carried onto the plane with us. The second time, I flew a week after the London bombings, which became the reason why you're not allowed to take certain sizes of liquids, gels, aerosols, or creams on a plane. As you can tell, I had a lot of luck when I first started flying. <laughs> now, I know a lot of us are sure that we're not bringing anything prohibited, and then we get to security and we act like we have 10 kilos of cocaine hidden somewhere within our luggage or ourselves. So just make sure that all the pockets and corners of your luggage have been checked so nothing is hidden or placed somewhere it shouldn't be. If you do use a drug that is legal in your country, but not the one you're visiting, then a vacuum and a wipe down of the bag wouldn't hurt either. With that out of the way, you will want to check with the carrier as to what you're not allowed to bring on or in your carry-on, just in case you're planning on bringing an additional item. There are a few standard items, however, such as no weapons, liquids over a certain size, anything flammable or explodes. So things like any liquid gel, aerosols, creams, or snow globes over 3.4 ounces, 100 milliliters. Weapons, so firearms, explosives like grenades, tear gas, airbags, knives, baseball bats, hockey sticks, scissors that are longer than 6 centimeters, tasers, brass knuckles, pepper spray lighters and lighter fluid. If you're traveling with a bottle opener, make sure it doesn't have a little knife on it. Some of them do to help remove the wrapping on the wine bottles. Paint, hammocks, tripods, drinks in bottles that you bought before going through security. Prohibited food, so usually fruit, nuts, seeds, vegetables, animal byproducts like meat, cheese, shells. Illegal drugs, while something is legal in your country, does not mean that it is in another. Snakes, they're not allowed on planes, and neither are any other animals that you cram into your carry-on if you're not following the rules of the airline. 
replica explosives or weapons like collectible round coca-cola bottles that came from galaxy's edge at disneyland and disney world they look like grenades bullet-shaped whiskey stones toilet paper holders shaped like guns some airlines also have an issue with power banks as the cheaper ones have been known to have their lithium batteries explode so check with your carrier While some of these may seem funny, they are listed because someone has tried to do it and it needs to be made obvious because common sense is not so common anymore, unfortunately. Now, not all of these prohibited carry-on items can go in your check luggage either. So make sure that if you need to bring a baseball bat that you fall within your carrier's rules for doing so. They may need you to swing by earlier so they can mark it as special cargo. Also, quick side note. If you have a pretty passport cover on your passport, just take it off. TSA and any other person that needs to check your passport will have you do so. It's super annoying to constantly have to take it off and then put it back on. If you are ever interested to see what other amusing things TSA does stop or you have questions about something, if they will let them through, then head over to Twitter and go to at AskTSA. It's quite an amusing feed, and if you send in a photo and ask, they're usually really good at getting back to you. When it comes to packing an actual carry-on suitcase, if you're going to travel with it and no check luggage, I find there's two great ways to pack. The first method is rolling your clothes. I find this works extremely well for bulkier clothes like jeans and cargo pants. Basically, you take the item, fold it in half hot dog, tuck in the sleeves if there are any, and then roll from the bottom to the top. The item then usually takes up less space and it also helps prevent wrinkling. My second method is the layered box, as I like to call it. This is better for thinner clothes like t-shirts, leggings, summer clothes, that sort of stuff. While I find this is hard to explain without a video, I'll do my best. Fold all the pants in half, hot dog, and imagine a clock face. I would lay the first pair of pants with the waist in the middle of the clock and the legs pointing to the nine position. The next pair of pants, I would lay it on top of the first one with the bums of the pants covering each other, but with the legs pointed in the three position. I would then keep repeating back and forth nine to three, nine to three, nine to three until all the pants are done. If you have crops or shorts, then what you'll want to do is fold them hot dog and start with the longest item working to your shortest. With the first one, place the bottom of the pants pointing in the sixth position with the waistband lined up to the outside of the pants layering over the bum then place the next one pointing to the 12 position layered over the bottom layer until the bum is covered then you'll work from the 6 to 12 6 to 12 6 to 12. once that is all ready then it's time for your tops again start with the longest sleeve top and work your way down to the tank tops lay the tops over the pants in the nine and three positions while doing this so with the first one You'll tuck in the sleeves, lay it on top of the pants, make sure that the shirt is aligned with the waist of the pant underneath it. Then the next shirt will go on top of that with collar on top of collar, but pointed in the opposite direction and keep repeating nine to three, nine to three, nine to three until you're done. Now you'll roll your underwear into your socks. And if you have a bra or a swimsuit, then wrap these around the socks and place them in the center of the pile. Now what you'll want to do is start folding the bundled clothes. So the last item that you've layered, you'll take it, the bottom of it and fold it up and around your undergarment bundle. Then you'll take the next top that was folded or that was layered and fold it up and over the undergarment bundle. 
You then continue with this back and forth until you left with a bundle of clothes with your pants on the outside that should fit perfectly snug into your carry-on suitcase. Usually I'll do the rolling method for my husband as his clothes are bulkier and the layered box for mine. However, if I'm traveling for work or just a quick weekend away, then I'll do the rolling method as it does help with wrinkling and it's just so much easier to pull things out of a suitcase instead of having to undo the entire bundle. Now, there are a few items that you should always carry on to a plane, like guidebooks, maps, directions, any currency you're bringing, your house keys, all your charging cables and electronics, important documents like passports, visas, IDs, confirmations, tickets, etc., and your medication. If you head over to my Pinterest, which is female underscore abroad, I have a super handy checklist both for putting things into your carry-on, basic clothing to pack, pre-travel prep, and things never to put in your carry-on. Also, if you head over to thefemaleabroad.com and sign up for our newsletter, you will receive these checklists in a printer-friendly PDF. I also thought I would end this with some frequently asked questions. One, is a backpack considered carry-on? Yes, if it fits the carrier's dimensions, then it can be carried onto the plane and placed in the overhead bin, unless the plane is full, in which case it might need to be checked. Two, can I check my carry-on for free? If you check it when you first arrive at the airport when you collect your ticket, typically no unless the agent says otherwise. Sometimes when the plane is full, they'll allow you to check it there for free. Typically, however, you'll have to get to your gate and once the plane starts loading or when the agents arrive, then you can politely go up and ask them if it's possible to check your bag for free. If you wait, then they may do an announcement saying that the plane is fairly full and ask for people to offer to put their bags up for free. However, I have yet to see a carrier charge when they want to make room. Three, I have a CPAP but need to use distilled water. How can I carry the water on the plane? For those that don't use a CPAP, typically you have a four liter jug of water or a gallon um, and that's what they need to travel with. So if you have distilled water in one of these gallon jugs, it's just like breast milk. Um, if you're traveling with your CPAP machine, then it's classified as a medical device and not necessarily a liquid. Now, I say supposed to because if you get a super strict agent or someone who is new, then there's a good chance you're going to miss your flight due to arguing about if you can or cannot take it on a plane. To save myself a headache, if I needed to ever do this, I would look into if I could purchase the distilled water in my destination, see how much it would cost to mail it to myself, see how much one of those distilling devices on Amazon would cost, or I would try to put it into a bunch of 3.4 ounce, 100 milliliter containers up to a maximum of one liter. Four, in economy, I'm allowed to carry one carry-on, but in business, I'm allowed to take two. Is booking business better for me? It really depends. If you prefer business over economy and the price doesn't matter, go for it. One thing you might want to do, though, is look and see if there's a restriction on that second carry-on. Sometimes it'll say things like golf bag, so it's not necessarily just available. You can take anything. It might need to fit in specific requirements. 
If price is a little bit more of a concern, then take a look and see how much the airline charges for checking extra baggage. Then look at things that might be included in business class as well, like meals, seat selections, lounge access, additional points, anything else that might be more important to you if by booking business than economy. Then look at the cost one versus the other to see if traveling and business makes the most sense to you. You could also wait for the check-in email that's sent out 24 hours prior to your flight to see if they're providing any upgrades to business for discount, if there's space available, of course. These are the four questions I've received, but if you have any questions that are not answered in this episode, then feel free to shoot me a note or leave me a comment in the review about it. Safe travels! Thank you for listening to the Incurable Wonderlust podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode as well as to make it easy so you can find us when booking your next trip. If you can, recommend the Incurable Wonderlust and the Female Abroad to those that you travel with. Feel free to leave us a rating and review and if there are any topics that you're interested in learning more about or want to hear about, then make sure to include them. Also, do not forget to visit thefemaleabroad.com for helpful tips, tricks, and trips to help you on your next vacation. Are you also interested in booking your own trip but you don't know where to start? Then check out our travel planning services. The Incurable Wonderlust has new episodes released every three weeks. So thanks again for listening, and until you tune in again, safe travels!